The metta practice is well known in our midst, but sometimes not so well understood. And it really is a way of thinking not only about ourselves, but drawing others close to us. We are all suffering beings in a realm that is a mixture of suffering and non-suffering. And how we work with our kamma, each one of us, metta is a way of forgiveness and a way of selflessness. It's also a way of friendship. So if we're true spiritual friends to each other, then even if somebody speaks to us in a way that we feel uncomfortable with, we can try to bring up this quality of goodwill in the mind. If we can have goodwill at all occasions, even in the most difficult moment, not just difficult, but tormented moment, we might be triggered. We might feel a feeling that is born from conditions that happened long ago that we are not yet mastering. But even if the mind falls victim to those conditions again, one thing we can do is change gears. And changing gears means instead of sinking into the old pattern, we shift into the practice of metta, which is bringing up consciously, intentionally with resolve. This is where the aditana and strong resolution is being determined that we will not allow the mind to be critical or fall into a negative state because of our own failing or someone else's perceived unskillful act, unskillful word. And that would be to wish them well. First, wish ourselves well, but to wish the other being a skillful mind. Because knowing that if there's ill will coming towards us, they must also be suffering. And we don't want to add to that suffering. So if there's a conflict, to try to remove any structures that would support it. Not to add any words that would inflame it. You know, it's like taking an anti-inflammatory. That's what metta is. <laughs> <laughs> so we're very good at doing anti-inflammatories. But this is the biggest one of all. And it can put out strong fire just by an attitude of mind. Isn't it miraculous how what is going on in the mind directs what happens around us? Of course, it starts on a small scale. We've had lots of things happen. We would all feel some urgency. Somebody would be freaking out about something. And you want to quell the fire quickly and it's not happening. But at least if we can prevent it from inflaming us from within, that would be a start. 
And so to try to bring metta to the forefront of our own heart first, and then see if that will spread. Sometimes just to mouth the word metta, like consciously with your own lips or with your mind's consciousness, with your intentionality. Metta, may I have metta. May metta arise. And then don't wait for it, just in, insert it if you can. You know, with your mouse, when you write a message, you can point it to a little menu and it says insert. And then you point your mouse to meta and insert the meta. So we can do that with the mind. We have to take the pointer, point to the meta, and actually insert it into the situation that's getting out of hand. And you'd be surprised how quickly that will stop whatever momentum is happening that is based on ill will that's based on akusala, unwholesomeness. It changes the flavor very quickly because suddenly we realize we're falling. This is a posture. Whoever it was that asked about walking meditation, this is a falling meditation. The mind, the mind is falling into an unskillful state and we quickly insert forgiveness loving kindness, or goodwill, at least. Metta is goodwill. The loving kindness follows on from that. It goes into compassion, like realizing that there's suffering in here. The past, some past conditioning, some old kama is trying to shout, and we dispel it. We don't practice it again. We refuse to practice it. And refusing it is not a rejection. It's a skillful way of replanting something wholesome. Like when a farmer puts some seed in the ground and realizes that some of the seed was old and it's not working, so he'll pull it out and put good seed there because that ground is fertile. So this heart is always fertile ground for good seed. But if there's unwholesome seed planted in there, we need to remove it as quickly as we can. And it isn't really like a removing, it's more like a moving it out of the way so that the good seed can come and bear fruit. And we insert it quickly and then we observe, ha, ah, there's a little bit of a deep breath that can happen. There's a little bit of new energy that arises. And there's no ill will in the mind. It doesn't arise. It doesn't take root. It doesn't replenish itself. It, it dies down. This process is so fast, it's hard for us to even be aware of it. But we can be more aware of it when we're meditating and doing it then. The harder part is to enact it in the middle, in midstream, in mid-flight, when you're having an interaction with someone who may not practice meditation, or may not know this teaching, or may not keep precepts, uh, or maybe 
doesn't understand, even if they do, or has lost the plot a little bit. And then we have to take the lead. We have to initiate and not wait for it. So I said about recommitting and renouncing and reminding. We have to remind ourselves. We have to remember the tools that we have and use them properly as the difficult moments arise and not expect them to arise just because we are quote unquote disciples of the Buddha. I'm a disciple, I'm training, I take precepts, I keep, you know, on and on. You have a resume. The resume is written down, but we're not doing it. We have to resume. We have to resume what's in the resume. We have to reenact it. It's not good enough to have it in the past. It has to be brought into the present moment. The past is dead. The resume is meaningless unless it's alive in us. So we resume that which is morally high road, morally upright, uplifting to the heart and will help us to awaken. So this is the strength and the power of this metta practice. And of course it has innumerable benefits which we know of. And it's really important to realize that metta is an important gear for reversing the damage that life has brought to us or that we have brought upon ourselves. It's all karmic. Much of it is karmic. And whatever happens in this realm, it may not be personal karma, but it's what we're involved with. So we have to face it heroically and not cower in front of it. And when we see our fear, we can move it out of the way and we can turn to courage. Just like when we see the ill will, we can turn to goodwill. It's the same process. We stand there, feel the, the fear, and turn it out. Insert an I can or can do in it without the I. Just can do, can stand, can face, can overcome. You know, like the little rain, the little train that thought it could went up the mountain. Sometimes you feel like the mountain is too high, but we're on it and we're in it. We have to taste it. We know that we can be the mountain if we taste it. And a mountain is not so easy to move. It can stand through and weather all kinds of obstacles. So with this heroic metta, we go forward. We may not go forth to shave our heads, but we shave our hearts. And in shaving our hearts, we're removing the dross that life has laid there. 
we're little by little cleansing and purifying those old triggers and traumas that taunt us, that deaden us, that terrify us from time to time. We don't have to be identified with the past anymore. There's nothing really to be identified with. Identification is not the name of this practice. It's a non-identification practice. So in terms of the modern world, it's not popular. Not popular. Going in the opposite direction. We're headed across the stream, not with the stream. We don't want a stream. We want to get across. And that's an important thing to remember. The more that we go with the world and give vent to the world, the world of the past that we learned and that we think we are, the more we enliven it. And as much as we can, we have to awaken to what we do moment by moment so that we don't repeat habits and patterns that deaden the Dhamma in us. As students of the Buddha, we can wake up moment by moment. But the Eightfold Path and this waking up isn't just, okay, I'm waking up. We have to keep doing it. We have to resume doing it. We have to move with it again and again intentionally and insert these wholesome strengths into our breathing into our walking, sitting, standing, and lying down moments, whatever they are, wherever we are, whoever we're with. So let's do a little metta chant together.